What's up, everything? It's spooky season, and the Blues suffered their first terrifying loss of the campaign. They've still had a supernatural start to the year, but will the ghost of Ryan O'Reilly's absence shake them down to their bones? We'll discuss that ahead. Plus, we'll touch on the most frightening concept in the world, signing Morgan Riley to an eight-year contract extension. It's all ahead in our Halloween spooktacular, so let's get started and let's go ghouls. Church bells, they were ringing, the clouds were low and brown, the horses, they were neighing, the day Robert Palin's shot me down. Follow my lead, N.G. He rode into town on a jet black mare, spatting hitched her to a tree. He made his way to the town saloon the day Robert Palin's murdered. It was also the night that the skeletons came to life. They came from under the ground and from all over the... Bales grabbed the preacher's daughter. He aimed to shoot her at my crown. He cocked that crooked hammer back and he brought that hammer down. Exactly. The bones are the skeleton's money. In our world, bones equal dollars. That's why they're coming out tonight to get their bones from you. The skeletons will pull your hair up, but not out. All they want's another chance at life. They've never seen so much food as this. Undergrounders have as much food as this. And the worms are their money. The bones are their dollars. And the the bullet ripped inside my chest. The clouds, they did storm. My sweet Marie, she cried for me, and then I was no and it was all the night that the skeletons came to life! The bones are their money, so are the worms. They pull your hair off, but not out to turn into a man and have another chance at life. But if they pull it out, they turn to bones. Oh, welcome yes. back to the crypt, ladies and gentlemen. This is the two guys one cup podcast it is friday october 29th it will be saturday october 30th for sure before we finish this podcast unless it is a 12 minute episode uh we're still in the basement folks but uh real crypt i've seen daylight uh we we are told will be released tomorrow in fact they said they'd finish their experiments uh, they also said, though, don't look at full moons, so I don't know what that's about. But Ian, how are you feeling tonight? Uh, how are you doing? I am feeling seance. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word I found on my spooky list. So, uh, folks, for anyone that might be new to this podcast... First of all, write to us. Tell us how you got here. We'd love to know. Were you recommended by a friend? Did you see one of our many advertisements? We have a lot. <laughs> but uh, we have made it a tradition that Ian uh, will refer to his uh, Halloween thesaurus, if you will, for uh, various Halloween-themed words as we go through this This one's podcast. got a lot. It says haunted words. It's got horror words and phrases. Ooh. There's terms. And for, phrases. Terms for creepy places and things. Ooh. Witchy words and phrases witchy woman baby halloween creature <laughs> all right all right let's look at it i got it all yeah oh baby i'm ready i gotta i should probably actually pull out the show notes for this episode huh that'd be a start that'd be fun there, uh, there ain't many spooky season all right uh one one show note for uh the listeners uh, before we go any deeper, lest anyone who hasn't paid strict attention think we are sociopaths of some sort, uh, we had a full episode that detailed the uh, terrifyingly sad, and that's not a Halloween word, that's just true, events that transpired in the Blackhawks organization to uh, Kyle Beach, who uh, I think we all think is a real hero and, and someone who should be celebrated. Uh, we talked about that for almost two hours in an episode that in real time we just finished recording, um, but in... Uh, your time, you probably heard like two days ago. I'm, I'm thinking this one, I'm thinking that one will go up tonight, which is Friday. It will be Saturday morning. And then this one will go up sometime on Halloween. Um, but in any case, 
If you would like to hear our thoughts on that, please go listen to that episode. Mm. We just decided it was pretty much impossible to have an episode that talked about hockey um, and or Halloween and or was fun in any way yeah. uh, and smash it together with that conversation that we felt like we needed to have. So I hope you will go back and listen to that. A very different vibe from this episode, um, but uh, one I'm pretty proud of uh, and um, one I think that, you know, I don't think we uncovered anything that no one else had said before, but it's just... People got to keep saying it. You got to get your thoughts out there. And especially because yeah. we have kind of been on Twitter saying, don't forget the story. Don't let yeah. it go away. So it kind of felt felt right for us to talk about it. So, yeah, I would I would encourage you to at least try and give that episode a listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So with that said, now you know where to find that. We will not, um, I don't think, unless, you know, something breaks or something crazy happens, be talking about that story in any depth here. Uh, because we do want this to be a light, more lighthearted, more fun episode, more focused on the blues. So, Ian, without further ado, do you want to dive into some games and talk about where the blues have been? Yeah. I was going to say, they've been, <laughs> no. the, they been in the dumpster. I guess they only had one loss, so. Yeah, but in it general, was... In general, it's been a good week for the blues. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, on Saturday, I mean, almost a week ago, mm-hmm. a week ago and eight minutes, um, <laughs> the Blues played the Los Angeles Kings here in St. Louis. It was a 7-3 victory. hey uh, It was the home opener. It was Bruce Nevich serving his uh, last game of suspension. Saad was newly out on <laughs> COVID protocol. I feel like we've barely seen those guys. I know, yeah. Bruce Nevich did shave the goatee, though, which... Correct. Choice. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's not my choice who gets to wear what facial hair. I want to make that very clear. It's completely his choice. It is my uh, ability to say that it sucks and shouldn't be there anymore, <laughs> which I think is true. Um, so, you know, that's my thought on that. I was like, uh, did you get to watch much of this game? Uh, this was Saturday? Yeah, I think yeah. I saw most of this. So did you see the Alex Iafalo goal? Because that's hot dog, baby. That's a hot dog. That's his first of the season. About halfway through the first period, uh, I feel like I see Alex I follow a lot whenever I watch the Kings. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if he's very good or I not. I think he's all right. all right. I think he's like a um, who would I compare him to? Not Zach Sanford. That's too mean. Like a like a Braden Shin without the track record, maybe like that kind of like okay. a middle of the roster guy. He seems to always scoring us at least. Or yeah. At least I notice him a lot. So I mean. Kings are up one nothing pretty early. You know, I believe there's some stat that says if you get scored on first, the team that scores first, seventy percent of seventy size, seventy percent of the time uh, wins the game. But not the case. Seventy percent of the time, it works every, every time. time. Alex I follow has fifty five career goals in two hundred and eighty nine games. Fifty five. I can't do it. Uh, but um, yeah, so he's decent. He's fine. That's all right. Um, David Perron, though, gets the Blues on the board about four minutes later. His third goal of the season, assisted by Krug and Tarasenko. Uh, around the horn from Tarasenko to Krug to Perron for the one-timer. This is a face-off win by O'Reilly, and then it was about eight seconds with five different passes that happened uh, right before the goal. I'm pretty sure every Blues player on the power play touched this puck at one point or another, <laughs> so it was like it was super efficient. I mean, it goes from face-off win basically back behind the king's net all the way around to the other end again pretty much a full circle to prom for the one timer so it was it was very nice to see that's first power play goal of of three or four i think in this game um bennington stopped a breakaway from i follow again see no more hot dogs for him uh the point of hot dog in case anyone missed it is that alex alex i follow i'm pretty sure was the guy that scored the first goal of two goals against the Blues and a 2 nothing victory the Kings had over the Blues the night that Mike Yo got fired and I was all for that and I was at that game and when Alex Iafalo scored I slapped my knee and yelled hot dog because I wanted change so goddamn bad and then when Mike Yo got fired later that night I did karate out on the front lawn because I was so freaking happy that this team was actually going to make some sort of change. I don't even know if I knew about the karate on the front lawn. I went I went to this game was with this my dad. Was this a new city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There? So, I mean, it was very quiet and everyone was very disturbed. Um, those poor Jewish folks didn't know what was happening. 
and on Shabbat, no. Yeah. Well, they thought I was definitely possessed by Satan <laughs> or Satan or whatever you choose to call him. Whatever they know. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. No, because I went with my dad to that game and then two friends went as well but they went in like box seats or something like that Ooh. from like a workplace and uh, so they were it was my roommate and one of his friends and so they had come back and we came back and one of them was leaving out the front door and i was like waving at him and stuff and then i looked at my phone and i think he was either a text from you or a tweet or something that said yo was fired i was like oh they fired yo and then i just ran out on the little yawn and was like cruddy chap that's awesome so it's, you know it was a great day it was a great day in blues history <laughs> that one brings me joy uh mike yo mike see you later is he still with the flyers flyers penguins yeah somebody out that's there. too bad Mm-hmm. Um, Ivan Barbashev scored his third goal of the season towards the end of this first period. Uh, Scandella passed to Barbashev. It was a shorthanded goal. Uh, Arvidsson is cheating up towards the blue zone, gives Barbashev some room to skate. And just as the defenseman Roy reaches Barbie, uh, he backhands it past Peterson. Cal Peterson, uh, the Kings backup goalie, is from Waterloo, Iowa, which I drive through every time I drive to Minnesota. And I got to tell you, Waterloo, Iowa it's all right that's not great uh i was gonna say shithole but that's really mean uh it's it's not cal peterson is water is from Waterloo. yeah yeah yeah. so i say good for you cal you got out of there something (laughs) came of that place yeah i thought maybe it'd be one of those stories is he waterloo iowa's favorite son perhaps he's gotta be (laughs) i mean there's only one they only got one (laughs) i think there's some weird like scene like vice president majority whip that came from there because i think they have it on there but only one their sign yeah it's like no one's ever heard of a frozen ass city in this picture it's not Ooh, but they got a region's bank on the waterfront i mean they're on a river things are looking up protests and riots in waterloo iowa 1960 yeah yeah well that makes sense that makes sense the city as was uh part of the time the 2015 film carol uses modern waterloo in a major plot point what? But they just mention it. <laughs> they don't actually go there. We should go to... No, we shouldn't. No, no. I've been many a time. Michelle Bachman, former Minnesota congresswoman. Um, I'm sure some other people. Don Dinkinger, the guy f- responsible for the call in 1985, which is a bad name. It should really be called the Miss Call. Um, anyway, Adam Devine? Ian Waterley is a happening city, baby. <laughs> Dan Gable, Olympic wrestling champion. He's like the Olympic wrestler of all time. Ian, you've you've desperately under underestimated uh, this city. I just want okay. To they provide a lot for us, but all those people leave. <laughs> they get out, and that's why Waterloo is a husk of a town. Yeah. <laughs> Cal Peterson is down here somewhere, so you know he, so he made it. He made it. Let's see. We ended the third, or we ended the first Corey period. Corey Taylor from Slipknot and Stones. Well, yeah, they're all from Iowa. <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry. That's it. We ended the first period. Two to one Blues. Was looking good. Second period started. Only 45 seconds in the second period. David Perron scores his second goal of the game. Uh, Krug puts the puck on net and deflects off Perron into the net. Good net front battle between Perron and Edler on this play. Uh, that's Perron's second goal. He will go on to get more, or will he? He will. Uh, Jake Neighbors, first goal, first NHL goal of his career, scored about two minutes later, assisted by Shannon Clifford. Uh, Won't you be my neighbor? I'm sure, as everyone's asking. (laughs) Neighbors comes off the bench and sneaks between the LA players undetected. Shen finds him with a cross-ice pass, and Neighbors taps the puck in for his first career NHL goal. Were you available to watch, or was that the game that you were um, uh, at the game for when Darren Pang very awkwardly told the story of the stake bet? on this you didn't know uh, i don't that. i don't think i caught I, that uh it was a story about how Braden shin apparently told him hey if you go out and score your first goal tonight uh because because Bra- Braden shin is his landlord right now yeah. he said I'll, I'll buy the good steak and cook it up for you and uh darren pang managed to tell a story where the whole story was hey he bought him a steak and because he won the bet and because they're rich people, it was a Wagyu steak and they cooked oh, it. Yeah. And it was like a five minute story about, you know, the yeah. way da- only Darren Pang can. Like, it was like, it was wacky, you but know, it was too long. yeah, but it was like, it was like, yeah, it was madcap, but it wasn't madcap in the right way. 
it was like, and you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of that Wagyu beef. Are you familiar yeah, with that, were, John? And like, John's they went down to Annie, they went down to Annie Guns oh, and right. got it and, and, and cooked it up real nice. And John's like, yeah, I've been to Annie Guns. And I wanted to be like, yeah, we all, we all know you're both affluent. Can, yeah. can continue. <laughs> you also live out in Chesterfield. <laughs> what a surprise. Very great. <laughs> Uh, but no, nice first goal for neighbors. Um, you know, I like it when they get it in a win. I like it when right. they, even if it's even if it's an unnecessary goal ultimately. Although I guess technically game winning goal in this one. Um, but uh, you know, it, uh, I like it. I like it. Good for him. I like that Brayden Shen assisted him on that. Heat you know. check. Is he staying up? You think he's staying up? How many games has he played now? I mean, we're six. Six? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he is. Yeah. They're not even pumping the brakes on him at all. He had a a, uh, mistake last night that pretty much turned into a goal, but, like, that's going to happen. Who did? That's going to happen. Ryan O'Reilly gets his second goal of the season, uh, seven minutes into the second period, assisted by Shen and Perron. It's on the power play. It's it's your your bumper play, right? It's high to low to the slot. From uh, Perron to Shen Low to O'Reilly in the slot, O'Reilly slaps one home. Bam! That's it's like you read about. As Almost Darius say. Third period starts. James Neal gets his first goal as a blue. We're the getting goals all over the deal. place. The realist of deal, James Neal. This is really a Thomas, uh, all Thomas. Thomas mm-hmm. finds him with a really nice pass. James mm-hmm. Neal's on the back door, taps it in. First goal for him. Uh, another power play goal. See, I think we were four for seven tonight or that night, which is uh, pretty crazy that the Kings took seven penalties. But you know what? Sometimes sometimes one team does actually take more penalties than the other team. Yeah, and in uh, this case, we were that team. Yeah. Um, then you get a Dustin Brown goal. It's a big wrong. Who cares? You get a Carl Gunstrom goal. It's like, you know, random. Uh it's it's looking a little shakier, you know. It's, what is it? It's six three at this random. P- it's six three at this point, and it's not. You know, you've won the game, but it is one of those like ah, third period again. Really, one of these uh-huh. one of these things. Blues. David Prong gets a power play goal towards the end of this period. His fifth of the season, his third of the game. He gets the hat trick. Uh, I believe they showed a graphic where it said Prawn is like fifth all time for Blues in terms of hat trick numbers. So even he had like four, then it was like, <laughs> then it was like David Backus or not David Backus. It was like, I'm trying to think I'm going to get it wrong. It's going to be like a Pavel Dimitra or somebody like that. And then it was like, I know second was Bernie Federico with like 10 mm-hmm. and then Brett Hall had 27 mm-hmm. and I was like, what the Brett fuck? Hall, I think is second all time. Yeah. Right? It's insanity. I was like, <laughs> for real? You had 27 hat tricks? Wayne Gretzky had 50. I only know that because um, when Jay McQuimmett scored his, and it, he, I was like, yeah, he seems like about 150th of the player that we're asking. <laughs> I know, like, if you're a bad, if you're not a bad player, but you're Jay McQuimmett, if you get a hat trick, that's probably like, that's checkmate, baby, for the career. Like, I never thought I'd get three goals. Uh, game ends 7 4, Blues win. Blues outshoot the Kings 40 to 35. Uh, they get the face-off advantage, 53% to 47. They were 4-for-7 on the power play. They were 4-for-4 four four on the PK, which is pretty good. Uh, blocks, 13-7 to seven for the Kings. Their course C4 was pretty even. Blues actually had a little bit less um, at 49.5, but it's pretty much all the same. High danger chances were both over 10 for both these guys mm-hmm. and around there. So on, on paper, a fairly even game, but again, if you get... Seven power plays and you score in half of them. Uh, that's kind win. of game, baby. You're gonna win. Uh, would you, if if you had to describe this game in a single uh, Halloween related word oh, or yeah. phrase, um, what would you choose? I would say it was hocus pocus. <laughs> it was magic, baby. Seven to four. Oh, baby. And speaking of Hocus Pocus, let's talk about Vladimir Tarasenko for a second. Monday, October 25th. It's the Los Angeles Kings again, because, hey, if you're going to only play a team three times in a season, why not play two of those games back to back in the same city right at the start of the season for really no reason at all? Uh, Sod's still out on COVID list, but Bujnevich is back, baby. And Billy Huso is in net. How certain were you? 
because I was pretty certain that this would be our first loss of the season because of Billy Huso, who uh, showed up. Uh, Yeah, we're going to talk about (laughs) Billy Huso a bit. Jonathan Quick made some big saves early in the first half of the first period. Robert Thomas almost had a goal, but was quick saves it with the toe of his pad. Uh, And the power play had some good looks, but no goals. I was fretful after the first period because didn't we outshoot them like a lot to a little um <clears throat> high danger chances three to nothing xg uh 0.95 to 0.2 so yeah we really dominated the play um and i kind of thought <clears throat> maybe uh maybe we're just gonna have this we're gonna have it stolen from us by jonathan quick a reminder of old times uh, a bit of nostalgia if you will yeah. um spooky no it was <laughs> Blood curdling. Ah, yes. The old blood curdling Jonathan Quick. What we've always called him. You ever think if your blood turned into jelly? Uh, you know what, Ian? If your blood turned into jelly, what <clears throat> kind of jelly would it be? Strawberry. Strawberry. Pretty good. I was a long holdout. I used to be like only grape, and then I tried strawberry, and I'm like, that's pretty good. But I do have a PSA uh, because you mentioned curdles. Cottage cheese. Nasty crap. Yeah, burn, yeah, yeah, yeah. burn it all. Just to destroy it all and get rid of it. Trash it. Dump it. It's garbage. <laughs> I know there are people out there listening that like cottage cheese. My brother's probably listening, and he's one of those people. Listen, people make mistakes. People can change. Yeah, you can change. Um, and it's just, uh, just at the mere mention of the word curdle, I wasn't going to pass up an opportunity to. Um, I would say I would say uh, preach against probably the most disgusting food on the universe. You're against you're universe. against big, big cottage cheese. I'm cheese. against big cottage cheese, and I'm not afraid of the consequences. So they're coming for you. Yeah, yeah if whoever you, it is that makes it. Yeah, exactly. Cows. <laughs> That's right. Uh, have you heard about PETA? By the way, PETA believes that we should rename the bullpen oh, yeah, yeah. into the arm bar. <laughs> I do like the arm bar, though. I do like that someone's I, coming out of the arm bar. I hate the premise of it because it's so dumb, oh, yeah. but I actually love the arm bar. I just need, them, I just need like one team to adopt that. The arm bar. But I'm like board. Seattle or, you know, get some one of them West Coast cities that's real high-minded anyway. And yeah. sort of the arm bar. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> all right. The uh, second period started. The uh, <laughs> that Kupari kid on the Kings was all over the place this sec this period. It was about Kupari, Kaliev, and Kopitar. The KK. Never mind. Uh, Ian wrote these notes, but I had to deliver that uh, because it, you know justice was done. Kaliev uh, was born in Uzbekistan, but his family moved to New York City when he was two. So he plays for the U.S. when playing international games. So that's cool. With another K, yeah. we're at five Ks. So uh, we're fine Three now. is right out. We skipped yeah. right past it. Now we're at five. Second period, pretty boring. The Kings had the better of the play, but not much better. Uh, and nothing really happened. I'd say it was, pretty, it was a pretty even game for the first two periods. I mean, I know the first period Blues outshot the Kings a little bit, but I thought it overall was like a, a fairly you know, back and forth game. This is what Darren was already trying to drum up. Pang was trying to drum up and be like, you know what? This is one of those goalie duels. And I was like, oh boy, Darren, don't even with me. <laughs> don't be that guy, Darren. Uh, third period, three minutes in. Vladimir Tarasenko, he's back, baby. This was a breath of fresh air. Dynamite. This was delightful. It was... Uh, Eye of Newt. <laughs> Which is which is like something you would use in a potion that yeah. you would then give to somebody, yeah. and then they would perform in such a way. You know where you'd never find go. Eye of Newt is in the arm barn. <laughs> uh, Vladimir Tarasenko with his second goal of the season, assisted by Krug and Thomas, both their fifth assists. He pulled out an old classic. He went outside inside on Mikey Anderson. He quick takes away the five hole and goes down early. Sorry, quick takes away the five hole and goes down early. Tarasenko lifts the puck up and under the bar and in. He made this look so easy. To quote BTS, it was smooth like butter. Like 
criminals undercover is that the next line yeah. they're not speaking english i mean they are they but are. they're not right or ES, do they esl esl i think they can speak some english right they, all koreans are taught what's some esl english. english sign language uh, english is a second language oh oh yeah my mom taught that i should probably <laughs> <know>. <laughs> She didn't teach you the, regular she didn't, English. She didn't teach me nothing. Uh, yeah, but it's a good song. I, yeah, it's fun. You know, it's a fun song. So everybody knows. Everybody's heard of Butter, I think, mm-hmm. by this point. If you haven't, you know what? Look it up. It's yeah. not a Halloween song, though, so wait until November 1st. Yeah, that's right. You gotta wait. Have you ever heard of BTS? Wake up. <laughs> wake up. That's right. Vladimir Tarasenko with his second goal of the night, third goal of the season, about... 12 minutes later, Ivan Barbashev sprung him for the breakaway, and it was like it was old times, Ian. It was mm-hmm. like you saw Vladimir Tarasenko on the breakaway, and you actually knew he was scoring a goal. It I felt was, so good. Was transported back to 2014. Oh, baby, it felt good. Barbashev uh, got the pass to him, and Tarasenko went five-hole on quick. Pang mentioned in the broadcast, but Tarasenko is so good at reading goalies. He knows quick isn't quite set and fires the puck when quick isn't expecting it. Thoughts on that goal? In a word or a phrase, what would you describe um, it as? He's never prepared. I love I it. I would say it's... That, that, <laughs> that goal creeped me out. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way. And why is that, Ian? Because <laughs> uh, I was seeing the ghost of Tarasenko pass, <laughs> which is creeping a little too close in the Christmas territory. I'm the ghost of Tarasenko way future. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I would have <laughs> Stanley Cup for the Dallas Stars in 2035. Crap, dang it, Scrooge, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> David Perron with the empty netter, right? Yeah. Right? Uh, oh, this shot. was fun. It was yeah. bouncing the puck off the board and gets it all the way down, and he looks kind of almost ashamed of it a little bit. He took bit. away the natural hat trick. That's right. Six goals uh, for Perron so far in the year. O'Reilly and Scandella, each with their third assist. So basically, equally valuable players. Yeah. Uh, the Kings had 34 shots to the Blues' 35s. We won 58% of the faceoffs. Both teams goalless on five combined power play opportunities. I'll let you guess which team had three and which had two. Uh, the Blues had six penalty minutes and the Kings have four. Don't use that as a clue for the last one. Uh, the hits were 21 to 14 Blues, blocks 13 to 7 Kings, giveaways 6 to 3 Blues. Uh, overall, pretty even game. We had, surprise, surprise, this is a trend for two seasons, fewer high danger chances. Uh, our Corsi 4 was better. Um, and, uh, our Sedgwick four was even better. Is it Sedgwick four, right? Sedgwick. Sedgwick? No, Fenwick isn't Fenwick. Sedgwick. I don't I know. I think it's just Shots four. Shots four? I made Sedgwick up. Kira Sedgwick. Uh, Kira Sedgwick is a gift to America. Kevin Bacon's wife. That's right. I want to go by so Kira she's, Bacon? She's just got one degree of separation, right? Yeah. Or does she have zero degrees? One. Zero. One, because she's not Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I think zero is Kevin Bacon. So she's one. Do you? Does your aunt know Kevin Bacon? Because then I've got or know Kira Sedgwick. Go less than six. I mean, I know who Kira Sedgwick is. I'm sure. I'm sure I've got it. Listen, I know my former college roommate Brad, who knew a guy in high school who's now Stephen Colbert's cartoonist. Stephen Colbert almost certainly knows Kevin Bacon. So there, it's done. Okay. Done. Wow. Boom. Boom, baby. I'm sure we can all do it. We could do it. We can do it with anybody. That's how easy it is, folks. But especially Kevin Bacon. That's why it's magic. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so pretty good game. 5-0 and start. The first in our franchise's history. Billy Huso gets his second career shutout in his second consecutive game. He's got a shutout streak of over 120 minutes, baby. Uh, assuming he didn't give up a goal like in overtime, in the they should have they should have played him in the next game. That's right. I know I'm su- kind kind of surprised they didn't. I guess because it's the Avs. They're like, listen, bro, <laughs> we, we ain't gonna do that. Take your confidence pretty high, <laughs> baby. Uh, any other thoughts on this game other than the Vladimir Tarasenko show? Uh, I mean, I just hope it gives him some confidence to try more of that stuff. I mean, this next game he scored another goal, and it looked like he was looked like he was pushing the pace, even though the rest of the team looked kind of lackadaisical. So hopefully that that keeps him going. Uh, uh, stay here. 
Stay here forever. <laughs> stay here. Stay. I as, know you're going to get traded, stay but Stay as stay. long as you can. For the love of God, cherish it. I want him to stay so badly. I know he won't. <sighs> but I want him to. Listen, I want him to. I really want the people out there who are just like blindly, oh, it's fine now. Like, can we all at least agree that it's not fine and we'd like it to be? Like, maybe yeah. it can get there. I but want let's it try to be, not but minimize not. where it's at right now. And give ourselves false hope, you know? Agreed. Speaking of false hope, you went to this game, which means the Blues had a false hope of ever winning it. Uh, Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is on the shelf for COVID. I don't know if it can be described as the shelf for COVID. Maybe the, uh, um, I don't know, the cabinet, the cupboard, the cupboard for COVID. COVID. He's in the cupboard for COVID. Is covered on your spooky list over there. Your sarcophagus. Uh, O'Reilly won't be available for 10 games, which means that uh, he must be symptomatic. Well, I think that's true just because they didn't say that about Saad. They were like, well, we'll see every game, which means we're, they must. I think the deal is you have to test negative twice in a row. Uh-huh. So I'm sure that he tested positive, and then he's like, I feel fine. They're like, okay, well, we'll just keep testing. Um, whereas O'Reilly, they might have tested him positive, and he's like, yeah, I feel like shit. And they're like, oh, okay, so you have it. Because they were immediately like, oh yeah, he'll be missing at least 10 days. So that's the next four games, unfortunately, uh, which is too bad. Because I think when you lose, especially when you lose Ryan O'Reilly, who's probably your best player, uh, not so great. But I think even if you lose any one of your centers, especially in top line, second line, whatever, it kind of causes you to shuffle all your lines as they had to do. Which made them look a little discombobulated in this game. Um, Yeah, I was at this game. If you're vaccinated... It's easy to get in. I showed them my card on my phone, and to their credit, they you were... You have it on your phone? Yeah, or just I took a picture of it. Oh, I got gotcha. To their credit, I was like, if I just show you this, are you just going to let me in? Because this could be like anyone's card. Uh, they were like, oh, we need to see your ID if you're going to do it this way. And I was like, okay, perfect. Which I can do, and it's super uh-huh. correct. But I was like, good for you for not just looking at a phone and be like, <laughs> But they don't need to see your ID if you carry in a paper card, even though you could have also just taken anyone's Oh, yeah, yeah. If you just have paper. Well, no, I think if you have it, no matter what, okay. if you, you have to show up. But there's a way you can like pre-check in, oh, okay. and then you can just show them, hey, I pre-checked, and then you go in. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. You also was that? Been... Did it make the process slower, do you feel like? Actually, no, but it didn't feel like there was a lot of people there to start. Oh, okay. So, like, when we got How there, it was only half you? full. Uh, only, like, half an hour. <laughs> Try to always be there half an hour early. Yeah. Um, That's the appropriate amount. You got to wear a mask to go in. Anything more than that, and you're just showing off. Anything yeah, more right. than that, and you're cutting it way too close. Oh, people in Missouri or in St. Louis love to, like, come to games yeah. late. That, yeah. game, that stadium always fills up halfway through the first. That's a real, oh, you can't do that sort of. You yeah. know, that's just bad manners. Don't do that. I, wa- all this money. I watched the School of Oop on YouTube today. I'm, I believe, have you seen it before? Yeah. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> I just love it. I don't a masterclass in Midwestern right. culture. Oop. Oop. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you have to wear masks to this, but then you just uh, take it off, I guess. I mean, half the people wearing them, half are not. So, Listen, do whatever. I'm a. I don't, I'm not going down this road real far, but just like make up your minds, people. What's the... Don't put, don't, here's the thing that I hate. Here's what I hate. Here's what I hate. I hate when the sign on the door says masks are required. Yeah. And I walk in because I put it on and ain't nobody wearing a mask. And now I look like the asshole somehow. <laughs> and like, listen, I'm, I'm vaccinated. I don't care. So I take it off and that's fine. But like, there's the awkward, like, eh, I'm just going to shout. Like you look so stupid walking into a place and then taking your mask yeah. off. You know, anyway. I'm like, I'm all for masks, but it's like, we just, you got to be consistent. If the whole point is like, we're just going to take them off. And mm-hmm. I was like, well then who cares? Yeah. But, um, it was good to be back. It didn't feel that weird honestly uh, once you sit in your seat you're like okay this is back to normal um they do the thing now where you sing the national anthem uh they have someone come out and they start you on it mm-hmm. and they don't tell you that they start you on it so i just thought this guy was gonna sing it and i'm like good thank god uh but no then they let you go and then half that stadium sings <laughs> a little too fast the other half sings a little too slow and then at the very end the last couple verses 
other the singer joins in. They don't put like the out. lyrics on the screen or anything. Oh, they're up there, but they're not like they're not doing the. They uh, gotta have the little style, like. But... They gotta have like Colton Pareka's head bouncing. Yeah, right. Or they really, yeah. really do. Yeah, for sure. So uh, honestly, Colton Pareko, not an American. <laughs> I think it should be a different non-American player every, every time. Day. How many yeah, Americans do we know. have? Brandon Sod, Krug, and Falk. that's it. That's it. Um, and that's Stanford's it. Gone. Uh, uh, Scotty Perunovic will be. Oh yeah, is my Yeah, I think so. Because I think he went to college. He went to college. Dakota Joshua, he's Canadian. I he's think. Canadian. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trash, trash people. Not any of our, not any of our top Billy players. Billy Huso. <laughs> Billy Huso from uh, Florida, Greenwich, I Connecticut. <laughs> um, but yeah, they got they got fixed that shit. It's it's lame. I can't imagine oh Canada. This I know hockey fans know Canada, but not oh, to the they, for sure they're like gonna Canadian. have that dude sing the whole oh Canada. This guy will sing oh Canada for you. <laughs> We're gonna take that burden off of your shoulders. Yeah. Colton Pareko scored a slapper. Ian, a real honest to god slapper. Nine minutes into this mm, game, uh, but actually we shouldn't start there because there were fracases and festivities long before that. Yeah, before that, fuck. Hit Kadri or something. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it was that big a hit, but Kadri was on the ground. And if you remember, uh, Kadri was the one that knocked Fox oh, out literally, and then out of the out of the playoff series with uh-huh. a concussion. And then uh, Shen already kind of settled this for the team. Oh, it ain't settled in the first game, but obviously they hate Kadri enough. But it was just funny and weird. It would be funny if we just bashed in Kadri yeah, every, every time, game, every fine. single game. But it was weird just because, yeah, Fock was, like, standing over Kadri, and he just kind of, like, he didn't, like, do the fight drop your gloves uh-huh. thing where you throw him off. He just kind of literally let them fall off his hands. Uh-huh. And as Kadri was getting up, kind of looked down, I'm like, now we fight. And <laughs> Kadri was like, I, fine, I guess. <laughs> and then they fought, and then uh, Fock got all those penalties, whatever they were, a bazillion different things. Mm-hmm. Didn't play for half of it. Justin Fock, fight it. You got two minutes for fighting against Kadri. And he got a misconduct. Kadri got fighting against Falk. And then Falk also got an instigator against Kadri. Um, that kept him out for almost the entire period. Uh, and then Krug took some penalties in there in this period, too. So there, at one point, we only had four defensive, or we only had four defensemen and two pairings. So it was a. It was an interesting one. But yeah, Colton Preko scored off a slapper, uh, went through the legs, trickled through the legs of Darcy Kemper. Colton Pareko's first goal of the season. It was it was good. This was after a goal had been called off for offsides, I believe, for the uh, avalanche. It was a really good call because the guy was clearly offsides. Uh-huh. Uh, so good job. Good job, uh, <laughs> replay coach guy. What's his name? Something Farrell. Sean Farrell. Something like that. Um, I think you pointed out, or somebody pointed out, that would have been this av player's first NHL goal ever in his career. Same poo. Yeah. Uh, so, nope. No dice, baby. Try again next time. Hard pass. Get it on somebody else's. Uh, John for Tom for Comfort scores with two minutes left in the first period. A late, a late period dagger. This was not so great. I think a lot of their goals came from like the high slot, and I don't know if it was this one or the other Comfort goal, um, but it wasn't. It was not. It was not good. I hate late period goals. It was like big old, big old shit stain. Yep. Um, I think the Blues were kind of lucky in the first period to get out tied because i believe if i'm looking at the shots where are they they're way down here we were out shot 14 to 5 and i was like one one i'll take it <laughs> so certainly they'll come out in the second period and be a lot better because they gotta be they gotta be on fire but in the second period they were jimothy timothy he's back yeah they were out shot 16 to 7 in the second period so they'll, they'll tell you something john for tom for comfort has like the most goals he has against any team against us and it's like why you hate us so much bro i know right you know how people talk people come talk on, just like that yeah um i don't know this was was this before no yes okay so then John for Tom for Comfort's got his two goals. Avs are up 2-1. Um, Kadri scores a goal at second of the season, assisted by O'Connor and Murray. Not great. Not fantastic. Not mm-hmm. very fun. Um, and I think it must have been. Was it, it was the second after. period? It so, was yeah. after, slightly before intermission. Yeah. Before the uh, second intermission, you've probably seen it, but there was, I think it was 
McDonald. I think they mm-hmm. got a guy named McDonald. Mm-hmm. I was pushing around Jake Wallman. O'Connor, Walman. perhaps? Yeah, one of the two. They're one or of McDermott. Those. They've got a McDermott and an O'Connor. I don't think oh, they Jesus. have a McDonald. One of those three. <laughs> um, was shoving around Jake Wallman in front of the Blues net. They shoved the net off, incidental contact between those two. So and the they net. say. Yeah, so then there is a play going around. Puck gets passed around. Avs score, but the net's already off the mooring, so they, they wave it off. Um, and then Wallman and whoever that whoever that uh, Avs player were started getting a little bit of a kerfuffle. Some Blues players skate over, and as Jordan Bennington does, you know most goalies skate away when there's a big fight in front of the net. Not Joe. He's of course right in there, trying to face wash this guy. I don't even think Kadri came in and grabbed Bennington or anything. I think he just kind of skated over to him, mm-hmm. and Bennington skated away. Was, shot a puck yeah, down was, towards Kemper. Yeah, I was drawing with Kadri as he went to go shoot this puck. Shot it towards Kemper. Kemper caught it, which that was a little cute. It was like, <laughs> um, and then Bennington skated over towards Kadri and did a little bit of a, a swing at his face. Uh, Kadri kind of stepped back a little. I want to. I want to be fair. Yeah. Like two feet from his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily actually close to him. Um, but I do remember thinking, "Oh, baby, you Joking, can't do yeah. you can't do that, buddy." Yeah, listen, I'm not saying he wasn't completely in the wrong because he was, but the other people who are like intent to injure, he's a psychopath. It's like, first of all, Nazem Kadri's had an intent to injure every time he stepped into a playoff game, and second of all, it wasn't that close. Yeah. There is a sports net angle where they like intentionally cut away from it and make it look a lot worse than it was. But well, I've seen shots from behind either one of them. Like, yeah, that definitely. Yeah. When you don't have the depth perception. Yeah, they'll just make it look like it's a lot closer. Um, I if it was, however, any... still very bad, and I'm not oh, trying to defend it. Yeah, yeah, and I I think he went on and uh, today to talk Good about for how, him. By the way, he yeah, actually owned it a little. Owning bit. up and saying something along the lines of like, you know, it was heat of the moment thing, and I don't recommend. It's not something I would want to do again. It's not something I advocate like other players or kids do. Mm-hmm. You know, in my situation, he's like, we're just in the middle of a game, and sometimes emotions take over. And I was like, all right. Oftentimes for you, Jordan. Yeah, uh, pretty. <laughs> you often. may want to speak to a therapist. I gotta tell you. Blues fans, like you can defend them, just kind of be jokesy and be like, eh, "I like uh, when Jordan Bennington gets gets the." the I don't get the, the Blues going. fans who like super criticize them though. Either. Well, I was gonna say there's other people though that are like really defend them. Like there'll be other teams that are oh, like, yeah. "Dude, I think he's a piece of shit," and then like they'll be like, "You can't say that. You wouldn't feel this way if blah blah blah." I'm like, dude, just understand just that if he it. was like a black he's our psychopath yeah if he was some other goalie and they were doing that to one of your players you'd be pissed off too he is our nazim Kadri. yeah exactly who was the goalie that uh shit posted uh robbie fadry that one time that was crawford right yeah 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 I mean, he's, he's our cory crawford yeah i wonder if cory crawford was involved in the interview process was he not there yet uh, I don't think or was so. Was he the he backup? Might have, he might have been. No, he wasn't the backup. Okay. Right. He might have been in their system. But, um, Again, whole other episode on that. If you skipped that episode and just skipped the intro of this podcast, meaning you're one of our cat listeners, please ask your owner please, to go back. Please ask them to use their opposable thumbs. <laughs> um, and what would you describe opposable thumbs as during the Halloween season? Um. <laughs> uh, I would describe them as trembling. <laughs> and they probably would if cats had little thumbs. They would be trembling. You know, cats can have thumbs. That's, I saw that the other oh, day. Oh, that's true, yeah. Uh, a little scary, and they can use them, too. And I was like, no, maybe nah, they need to take I those away. Like cats think of the thing. Take those away. They can grab a knife. A little cat the other day was curled up on the couch. And for some reason, because you, sometimes you do adorable stuff to cats... Uh, I put a little uh, dish towel over to send, her the, send you this picture. I'll show it to you later. I just put a little dish towel over her, and she just didn't even care. She was like, all right, blankie for cat, and it was fine. <laughs> this is my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's how the third period, or the second period ended. I was kind of hoping maybe Bennington was getting the, getting the troops riled up, and I guess in a way he did. The Blues scored two goals this period. Braden Shen scored one. Uh, a fun little goal. I think Kairu was essentially trying. Very Bob Ross delivery yeah, there. Fun little goal. A happy little goal. I'm pretty sure Kairu was trying to shoot it or pass it, and he completely whiffed on it and had his back turned mm-hmm. at this point, and then he just backhanded it across. You're saying the it ice. whiffed out of the window while he's driving. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just toasted. Um, <laughs> no, it was Darcy Kemper who was, was toast. Yeah, he got it to Braden Shen. He had no good feed. save ideas. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, uh, yeah. Braden Shen's doing the best of this. <laughs> that was Braden Shen's second goal of the season. The Blues had life. Pick it up, Braden. Uh, you useless. I love Braden Shen. Well, I mean, the Blues were useless. Because 40, <laughs> 40 seconds later, uh, Kale McCarr scored, and all hope was lost. It was 4-2 at this point. Tarasenko... Put in his fourth goal this season with four minutes left. Do you think Keeping the streak there's a little hope? It's fourth. I didn't see that goal happen at all, and I was watching this game. I still don't know what happened. It was really good. Uh, it was a good pass. It was another good pass by nice. Thomas for uh, Tarasenko. It was kind of very much like the Braden Shen one. He was on the back on the back door a bit. Had a really good shot. Um, I got to tell you, when we pulled our goalie, you know they didn't score on us with the empty netter, so that's good. We didn't but, look so good either. <laughs> it was just lots of passing around the perimeter, and I remember we had like two, maybe even three people behind the net, and I'm like, no one is in front of the net. And they, it was like 10 seconds left, and they were still looking for the perfect shot. And I was like, man, you got to put it on, please. Oh, it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, this was obviously Blue's first loss. It was not a good game. I mean, these are going to happen. This was bound to happen eventually. Blues outshot uh, 42 to 18. That's a big woof. I mean, I know the Blues took a lot of penalties in this one. They took five, in fact. So you know that they were on the PK a lot. So you're not going to generate a lot of scoring chances from there. But still, uh, Blues didn't even have, they only had one power play. They were 0 for 1. Avalanche were 1 for 5. <laughs> Blues penalty minutes 37 to the Avalanche's 19. Pretty even in hits. Uh, Blues have more blocks, but that'll happen when you don't have the puck. Um, yeah, I mean, overall. Overall, just kind of not not a great game. I agree with Baruby. Said something about along the lines of like, just didn't look like we wanted to skate at all. Uh-huh. I mean, there was a lot of just really choppy stuff where passes weren't connecting and <clears throat> they weren't hitting people in stride. People were just waiting at the line to get in. Yeah. Um, Blues had thirty seven percent of the Corsi percentage to the Avalanche's sixty two. And then when we're talking about high, that's danger, pretty yuck. Yeah, high danger chances. Terrible. Uh, the Avalanche had 12 5-on-5 five high-danger chances, and the Blues had 0, 0, 0, <laughs> 0. That's pretty shit. So we'll, uh, We don't know how to talk to the mummy. We don't know how to talk to the Crypt Keeper, you know? I mean, I'll give him a little bit of a pass only because... O'Reilly's five out. Five and zero, and O'Reilly's dead. Yeah, O'Reilly's out, and that is your best player, and it makes you shift all of your centers. So I don't yeah. think there was a single line that was the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but there will be no quarter for this team if they lose to the Blackhawks tomorrow. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, well, for multiple reasons. No forgiveness and no mercy. You can take all the recent news out of it, and it's just like they're bad. Yeah. They are a bad team. They don't even have Patrick Kane, who's at least the guy that always gets eighty points on their team, anyways. So it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Which is about as high as his IQ is as well. Eight yeah. points almost almost up there, you know. <laughs> so, He's trying. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> if I'm, you'd like to hear us roast the Blackhawks more, no, it's not. Uh, that's not it's not a roast. It's if you're looking a for a roast, it's not a joke. It's not like the Snuggie. <laughs> Nothing like the Snuggie. <laughs> oh, God. Not we, really. We are just a straight, we are just an absolute... I think you should leave podcast now. Um, <clears throat> I think we should leave because it's been a long night. But let's talk about let's let us make this a roast of Morgan Riley, not of Morgan Riley in particular, who's like a he's fine right, defender. He's, he's like he's fine, uh, but as always of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ian, if you had to describe the Toronto Maple Leafs cap situation uh, in a single word or phrase, uh, maybe a seasonal one, what one would you choose? Um, it is a scary story. <laughs> Perhaps it's um devilish. No, it's not even devilish. It could be a jack o' lantern, but an old one, like three weeks from now, that's like caved in on itself. Mm. That seems to be what's happening with the with the Toronto Maple Leafs cap situation. It's non-existent almost. Yeah. One would say. You know, Austin Matthews is only going to have two seasons left after this year. It's close to midnight and something evil is lurking (laughs) in the dark. Uh, Do you not understand that the salary cap is a cap and you can't have more salary than that? Well, with the luxury tax, you know, that they want. That they want and are not getting. So with Morgan Riley. Are they going to, they're going to like trade for Shea Weber or something crazy. Oh. No, they're not smart enough. <laughs> um, with Morgan Riley signed and his extension kicks in next year, 
they'll be at an right now they would be at 76 million which is like 5.5 million out uh-huh. of the cap they're already going to have like one or two other people expire they're not a team that's even worth keeping together at this point in the season you know if they if they keep playing like this so i really I, they've backed themselves into an even bigger corner, and I think like you're probably gonna point out is like he, they can score. They can't score right now, but they can score. And Morgan Riley provides more of that. But the whole problem is this team can't defend. If do right, no can defend. Yeah. But if do wrong, they also no can defend. defend. <laughs> uh, they just no can. They just, they just no can. No uh, can. Um. They are not good. <laughs> Have you ever seen that uh, old vine that's like two bros chilling in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not good? <laughs> uh, I don't know why that came to mind except for the way that I said that. So uh, Morgan Riley is, you know, statistically, he's fine. Uh, he he's, is a person. He's pretty good. I, listen, he's a pretty good offensive defenseman. XGF per 60. Almost off the charts. Very good. On the power play, pretty solid. Uh, but his XGA per 60 and his Corsi against per 60, which means basically how well he controls the other team's scoring opportunities, which you would think, pretty important job for your number one That's defenseman you that you're paying $7.5 million to, is uh, not good. It's pretty bad. And here's the thing morgan riley is a good defenseman but it is inextricable how much of his 50 or 60 points a season that he gets uh is him and how much of it is distributing to austin riley and matthews austin riley wow i combined (laughs) i combined the i combined those two players into a very good but very not applicable braves player uh, Austin Matthews, uh, William Nylander, and Mitch Marner, and John Tavares, and literally nobody else because they have no other forwards. It's like, on that power play, sure, dude, of course you're going to rack up points. Congratulations. But, like, holy crap. Like, on the one hand, all these people were like, trade him. Like, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't because your whole team structure is fucked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's been a long night. Swear more than I would like to at this point. But what do you do? Like you have to. They're going to trade Mitch Marner. This is what they're going to do. I can. I can. I can script the next eighteen months of the of the Toronto Maple Leafs for you. They will miss the playoffs. Uh, I'm calling that. I think. I think they're going to miss it entirely. Because of that, they won't fire Kyle Dubas. They will let Kyle Dubas, Kyle Dubas's big play is that he's going to make, you know, changes finally this offseason. He's like, I've seen enough from this core. They can't get it done. He's going to trade Mitch Marner in a, a woefully self-destructive trade. Woefully self-destructive. Maybe it's for Matthew Kachuk, who might not even resign there. Um, who knows? It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be like one for one. And you're going to be like, excuse me. Uh, what? And everybody's going to know it's a bad idea, except for Kyle Dubas. And then shortly into next season, he'll be fired, but it'll be too late. They are going to choose Mitch Marner as the person who's the problem. Oh, yeah. They already have. Team. And uh, they're wrong because it, the whole thing's the problem. I don't know if this is an analogy I've never used before, so strap in. But if you have a suit, <laughs> oh boy. Um, let's call it a um, coffin soup. Uh, give me another. Give me another. I mean, I mean you probably put it in like a, it's probably like a witch's brew. <laughs> there we know? go. There we go. If you have a witch's brew, perfect example. And you put, let's say you put too much eye of newt in it. You can't just take the eye of newt out now because that's not how it works. You got to change the whole soup. And this team isn't getting any better. And listen. What is Austin Matthews' incentive to resign there? He's not Canadian. He doesn't care about your laws. He doesn't need your endorsement deal. He's got plenty of semi-crimes to commit closer to home. And I don't know if he's going to sign with Arizona, but Arizona's rebuilding like hell, almost like 
almost like they think there's something in two or three years that they might want to be ready to do. I am just saying that this situation is bad for the Maple Leafs. And if they can't win with the core, if they can't, not screw winning, if they can't get past the first round with this much talent, they will have no one to blame but themselves, their GM, their coach, Brendan Shanahan, who's equally culpable, and all their fans, because their fans are part of the problem. <laughs> any other, uh, any thoughts you want to add to that? This team, or that team, is decomposing. Oh, baby, are they? That is a good... We're going to have to bring them to the crematorium, because they're a corpse <laughs> that we're not going to throw in a coffin. Cobweb. Sorry. <laughs> they, all, these went, all these went in a row, and it was great. Yeah. We're going to put that cadaver in a casket, and then we're going to put that casket in the cemetery. I love it. Cemetery didn't have a hard C, though, but we'll let it fly. Cemetery. <sighs> um... Yeah, so that's the that's the Morgan Riley deal. Do we have any other uh, NHL stories we want to cover? No, I mean, covered big one. We covered the big one that's been most of the week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we covered. We went through the Blues games relatively quick, but we're uh, we're okay. tired, folks. It's I'm, been a long week. Let me quote. What let, else you want? I, we're you getting I, candy on Sunday. <laughs> I know you are. I know you're an adult, and I know you're, I know one, of those, you're getting, I know you're one of those freaks. You go, yeah, one of those freaks you're not just there. buying candy. You, listen, you're not you're stealing it from children. You're not a normal, upstanding member of society who goes to Walgreens on November first and buys it for half price. You're no. not one of those people. You're going out there. You're elbowing children away from the door. You're like, I'm dressed as three hole punch Martha, and then you're getting <laughs> you're candy. Take, you're taking and you're more. handing out your pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> you're sticking out your pillowcase. Oh, you're taking houses. so much more. You're dumping the whole bowl, and you know what? Somebody needs to dump you, yeah. your trash, your garbage. <laughs> I wanted to mention real quickly the tweet from uh, Scott Wheeler last night that said one of the oddest things going in the NHL right now. I'm fairly certain that Scott Perunovich, who has yet to make his NHL debut, is one of the three best defensemen in the Blues organization. Uh, and the weirdest part is that the Drop Hockey Podcast responded, you are definitely correct on your opinion of Perunovic. He needs to be up here playing every game with serious minutes, which, you know, I would have thought I would have expected a different take. But hey, if if everybody can agree on it, then what are you doing, Doug? Gotta wait for that first injury so Nico Mikola can uh, sneak in. But we, this size thing, this is really bothering me. Uh, Colton Pareko, 6'6", 228. Uh, Robert Vortuzzo, 6'4", 216. Nico Mikola, 6'4", 209. Marco Scandella, 6'3", 212. We don't need size. We need less bad players. And I said, one person responded to me, and it's like, yeah, well, but only, like, one of those guys is a top four player. And it's like, then that's the p -p problem <laughs> Justin Falk isn't, like, diminutive, is he? He's not, like, super six tall, but he's, like, 6 or 6'1". Six uh, you know, Nico Mikola's big. Jake Wallman's not even small. I just don't... I don't get it. I don't get it. I want Scott Brunovich here right now. Get him out of here! And, <laughs> you know, uh, that's my thought. That's my thought on the matter. Anything you'd like to add? Anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, epitaph. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I agree, Epitaph. Let's go, Braves. Uh, screw the Astros. They're cheating clowns. Uh, and, um, you know what? Everyone have a happy and safe Halloween. It's on a Sunday. Uh, it's one of those kind of, is it going to be great? Is it going to be bad? Who knows? Uh, the weather's probably going to be crap, judging by the last few days. So. And I could fuck this whole thing yeah. up. <laughs> Fantastic. Everyone, uh, we hope you have a great night. Enjoy the lot of podcasts we've recorded this week. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Happy Halloween. Ooh, what's up, everything? <laughs> it's spooky season, and the Blues suffered their first terrifying loss of the year. They've still had a supernatural start to the campaign, but will the ghost of Ryan O'Reilly's absence shake them down to their bones? <laughs> 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 I should step away. <laughs> no, that was on me. I, I just I'm here. <laughs> I don't like your little game.
You just made me die. I don't, don't like your kingdom. 